Thank you for joining us for another episode of Black on the Scene. I'm Dee Dee Brown, along with my co-host, the mighty, mighty John Gist. We are joined today by a fellow AT alien and the epitome of being Black on the Scene, Ms. Alexis Felder, a.k.a. Lexi Felder, a.k.a. Lexi with the Curls, is here today. John and I have our own special Lexi connection and memories. Mine starts with meeting her through my cousin Adrian when they both were first on the natural hair care blogger scene in Atlanta in the mid-2000s. I just absolutely love the content that Lexi serves up on her Instagram from her epic travels and girl about town photos to her nail, hair, and fashion game, which is always on point. Lexi really is an engaging content creator, influencer, side hustler, Plus, she is absolutely doing her thing in the corporate world as a full-time operations manager at I1 Digital. We sure are. Lexi and I go all the way back to my allied agency days in Atlanta. Lexi, you want to give some tickets away to a promo screening on your website? I remember those like it was yesterday. Lexi is a proud HBCU grad of Clark Atlanta University. And I mean, talk about an interesting career trajectory. Lexi started her entertainment career from a Craigslist ad, which ended up being a casting assistant job at a very iconic network and show. But she'll, I'll let her tell you that story because it's so interesting. And from there, she just moved up pretty quickly and started casting shows for HDTV, Fox, and VH1. She also started working as an associate producer on some of some of her reality shows for several years and was an assistant for Tia Maori during the filming of the game. She then joined Bossup as a digital marketer. And from there, she moved up to the operations manager of all of I1 Digital, working with Bossup, Madame Noir, Global Grind, Hello Beautiful, News One, Hip Hop Wire, the list goes on and on. Lexi, we are so, so happy Lexi, to have you Lexi. and talk to us today. It's going to be such a great conversation because again, me and Didi, we have such unique stories from you and everything. So I'm really excited for our viewers to learn more about you. I am so excited. Like this introduction was so amazing. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. How are you doing today? I am doing well, you know, just been really busy and trying to like juggle work life and then social life and trying not to do too much. You know, I'm trying not to be outside too much, but I need that balance, you know. <laughs> right, right. Well, I'll tell you what, you, th that was an amazing intro because you are amazing. I'm like, I don't know how Lexi has the full-time gig and also serves so much amazing content you already know I slide into your DMs with like, girl, that one piece is amazing. This, like it's always something so visually amazing and appealing. And, you know, we gave a little bit of a tidbit about how you got into the industry. And I would love for you to just maybe add a little bit more color into your first, you know, couple of years in the industry casting and then how you literally made that transition over to uh, Bossip and I1 Digital, but also the natural hair blogging space, girl. But my transition was so interesting. So literally when I got into the entertainment industry and television, it was literally a Craigslist ad. I, I was looking for a corporate job. I was looking for a corporate job. I felt like that's what I needed to do. And unfortunately, uh, my grades, I had a, I graduated with a 3.4, but that wasn't good enough to get a corporate job. When the, um, all of the recruiters would come to the school 
I just couldn't get past the first couple of interviews. So after I graduated, I'm like, I don't have a job. And I found a job. I literally was looking on Craigslist and they were looking for a recent college graduate to um, that knew the area and knew how to find college students. And when I got there, there were all these MTV signs. I was like, oh, this is awesome. So um, it ended up being for a show called Yo Mama, which was pretty popular at the time. And they were doing an Atlanta season. So I ended up being a casting assistant. And from there, I just kind of moved on up and I started working with Tyler Perry Studios. I was doing extras casting for some of the shows and some of the movies. Um, that was a great experience. Ended up working on a lot of the reality shows. Like at that time, it was, uh, you know, the Keisha Cole show. So I was working on that, which was interesting oh it was interesting and I actually was on Frankie's team so I would go everywhere Frankie went so you already know that was a very entertaining I mean she, she was just so much fun so it was a it, it just a great experience to work on a show like that and it just kept me on my toes like I feel like working on shows like that really kept me on my toes and kind of pushed me to work further in the entertainment industry so I mean I did a little bit of everything and I had I had some ups and downs in the space being a woman being a woman of color um, and people, and I was young, I was young and I actually moved up a little bit too fast. I'll be honest. I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready, but, uh, one of the guys that owned uh, this production company, he just kept moving me up and I just wasn't ready. And, you know, fake it till you make it is definitely a thing. I just wasn't there to really fake it until I made it, um, at that time. So it was just like moving up a little bit too fast. Um, having issues with people that I was working with, like working in television, the hours are long. You, you might be working for 16 hours a day, 16 hours. And then back the next day doing the same thing. So it was just a lot of work. Um, I loved it though. I really did love it. And there was a certain point where also when you're working on reality shows, you may have, you have downtime in between shows. So you're constantly looking for your new gig constantly every month. If a show films for four months, four weeks, then that means that, okay, I need another job. I need another job. I do not like that. Like I'm a millennial, but I'm one of those, like, no, I need consistent money coming in. Not like, you know, a lot of these millennials now where they just want to do what they're passionate about. I don't want to look for another job every single month. It just wasn't my thing. So I was like, you know what? I need a full-time job. And the last job I had in the television space was being Tia Maori's assistant during um, one of the final seasons of the game, I think they're actually bringing it back now, but it was in Atlanta and I, um, she ended up hiring me and I knew I just had this feeling. I was like, I knew she was going to hire me. She interviewed several people for some reason. I just kind of felt like, you know, I was going to get this job. And from there, um, that was an interesting experience working for a woman. I always said, if I was going to be a, a personal assistant, I probably would do, I would probably work with a guy. I feel like I would work really well with a guy as well. But after that, I just said, you know what? I'm tired of trying to find a new job every couple of months. I'm tired of finding the next gig, the next show. And I was like, you know what? Let me just get out of this. So um, one of my friends worked at Bossip. Um, he worked in ad sales. So he said, hey, we're hiring for a digital marketer. So I was like, okay, cool. So I was like, you know, my degree is in marketing, by the way. And I knew about Bossip because they were very controversial at the time. So I knew about them. And... <laughs> He told me like, you know, he actually prepped me for the interview, told me all the questions. So I literally was faking it. Okay. Like, I'm gonna be honest. I was faking it. Um, but I, because I was a blogger on the side, 
I knew how to use WordPress. And so they were looking for someone who had experience with WordPress. So that actually really helped me out. So I, um, I literally, yeah, I, I faked it during the interview because also when I was in college, we weren't talking about SEO and Facebook marketing. That wasn't a thing then. So I literally didn't know about all, I didn't know about any of that stuff. I didn't, I mean, I literally had to do some research really quickly to figure out what I was talking about. And I did it on my first interview was literally via text, like a, just like a chat box. Like we were literally, my first interview was a chat box. And then I came into the office and I was like, you know what? I was like, yes, this would be really cool. So I had no intentions. I had like, all of my intentions were like, let me do this for a year, see how I like it and see what I could do after. And it's been 10 years now. And just the company has transitioned so much. Um, when I originally started, I was working mostly with just Bossip. And then, um, I kind of transitioned to working with some of our others, um, some of our other um, websites. And then we were acquired, I think three years ago by I1 Digital, by Radio 1, TV 1. And that has been such a blessing because the whole structure of the job changed and everything. And I have transitioned throughout and I've learned so much um, through in the company. I've learned so much and it's really helped me out learning Facebook ads and just learning different, different departments. So I'm um, currently I'm the operations manager there. So this transition, I know I'm sorry that my answer was so long about my transition, but it was literally because I didn't want to work 16 hour days anymore. Um, I was, I, I had burnt myself out. Like I was really, I was burnt out. Um, I was gaining a ton of weight. I wasn't eating healthy because you're kind of like not on a great schedule for eating. Um, yeah, I just wasn't healthy. And it just, it just, it, it was a lot. It was stressful. Listen, you said more than a word here. There's so much to unpack, but I do want to get on you being a content creator and how you think that led to a very pivotal moment in your corporate life. Talk about you embarking a little bit on this content creation with the natural hair care blogging and journey, because when you started, it literally was at the forefront of it. It wasn't a thing. Absolutely. It wasn't. Um, so I started um, blogging on YouTube, um, doing natural hair care videos. At this time, it was, I think, 2008. I went natural when I was in college. And when I was going natural in college, I was the only person. You either had the ladies with the locks or you had the relaxers. So I was transitioning and I didn't have anywhere to go. I remember my mother used to, in the back of Essence magazine, there would be ads for a couple of natural hair brands, including like Miss Jessie's. And Car Miss Jessie's and Carol's Daughter were like the two biggest brands at that time. So my mother would just send me products. She was like, you know, she hated that I had natural hair. She's like, oh, it just looks really bad. You know, she just was, you know, old school. So she sent me products. And um, so I decided, I started going on YouTube and I saw a couple of girls and I said, you know, I do enjoy these videos, but their hair type is different than mine. So maybe if I did some videos, maybe I could help somebody else who has a similar hair texture. So I started doing videos. Literally, my boyfriend at the time would film me. Um, my, my dog would be in the videos. It would be so funny. I would just use, I would do product reviews. I would do, um, you know, tutorials. I would even do fails, you know, just because, you know, at that time it was perfect because you didn't have to worry about, you didn't have to have full face makeup on to do a video. You didn't have to have this perfect background with, you know, all the lights and everything. So it was much more fun then. So I would, I just started making content and I realized that making videos is a lot of work. 
So I decided, you know, like, let me just maybe transition this to a blog and I can write about something. I'd rather just take a couple of pictures and then write about it versus, you know, taking up a half of my day to record and edit. Um, So I just, so from there, I started working with a lot of different brands. Brands would start reaching out to me. And at that time, the owners of these brands would reach out. So when there was no like PR, they didn't have PR. They didn't work with agencies at the time. They weren't there yet, you know? So they literally like, the owners of Miss Jessie's would reach out to me. Lisa Price from Carol's Daughter. Like I would actually have a conversation with her. I would have a conversation with the owner of Curls. Like they would personally message people back then. And so I just started doing tutorials and it was one particular brand that I won't mention, but they um, asked me to do a review and I did a review and I sent the video. She asked if she could see the video first, the owner. And she said, oh, can you redo it? Can you put on some makeup? That's when I realized I need to be paid for this because now at first it was just fun and you're sending me products and I'm doing, I'm doing videos and I'm making you money. And now you have these requests and now you're asking me to make changes. I was like, okay, like this is now becoming like a chore because at first it was fun for me. So I realized like, okay, I need to start charging. Then also there was one video, one particular video at that time, which was a lot of views. I had over 200,000 views. I'm like, hmm, out of these 200,000 views, even if just, let's say a hundred people purchase the products, I'm making them a lot of money because of how, how expensive their products were at the time. I'm like, I'm making these people money. So I really started to like, you know, I need to take this more seriously. So, um, I just started working with brands. So that's when I started getting my media kits together and I really started to take it seriously. Um, started being, you know, flown to different events to host and uh, just hair shows. Um, And it really, it took off. It took off at the time. And again, it wasn't that many, like now it's thousands and thousands of um, hair vloggers, hair bloggers. It is oversaturated now. But at that time, it was only maybe four of us. Like, actually, I feel like it's, I always love it um, when some of the larger hair bloggers now when they mentioned a lot of times they'll mention me that I was the first person that they followed and people still to this day come up to me like oh my gosh you're the first person that I followed um and so it does feel good to be like one of the pioneers of that space and I wish that I would have kept up with it because those ladies that started with me all of them are millionaires now because they started product lines and I'm so I will say that was one of my mistakes because those ladies I was looking at it like, hey, I don't really want to have a product line. I wasn't that invested. Um, And I felt like I'm not a chemist. So I feel like I need to really know what I'm doing. I'm not one of those people that just says, hey, I want to own a boutique and I have no fashion, you know, no sense of fashion. So I just, you know, I, I was like, I'm just not interested. So I decided to not pursue selling anything outside. So I ended up not doing that. And then literally the ladies, I mean, like Allocate Naturals, she's in Target. We started around the same time and she like literally was in her kitchen making products. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have done that. And I just didn't, I didn't have the foresight, honestly, to, to know that, okay, you can make a lot of money with this. And I honestly, I just wasn't passionate about the idea of making products, but I will say that I do. That's one thing that I love about the ladies that I started with. They are all making a ton of money. They are awesome. Like they really took it and knew what to do with it. I think you just illuminated so much here about passion, right? You're saying I didn't have the passion to necessarily do this. It was great for creative expression. And I think that what that shows is that it's okay. And then transitioning into something else that may feel organic or, or, 
more in line with what it is you're trying to do or the vision you have for your life, but also sort of being flexible about it, right? So you're doing all this content creation, really enjoying the process, sharing the journey. You're like serving a community because what people don't understand is back in 2008, 2009, it was not really a thing to be showing up to your corporate job with your natural hair, especially if you have hair like mine. Like I have like, I, I guess it's 4C-ish hair. I have a lot of shrinkage. And I remember when I went natural, people were like, what in the world did you do? Also, my mother was like, what in the world that you do? Meanwhile, she doesn't have the same hair texture, right? Hers, Her hair texture is a little bit like straighter, looser curls, like all of that. So there's a there's so much that you you said that like if you're looking at it in the context of the 2021 lens, it is not the same from 2008. So you realize when you're at this interviewing for this job at Bossup, you're rocking your natural hair, and you're figuring out because you said I didn't really know what operations meant. Talk to me a little bit about also figuring that out. You fake it till you make it, but you had pure and pure intentions. Talk a little bit about like you fake it till you make it, but what does that really look like? Are you researching when you're at home? Like, how are you faking it till you make it to get to the point where you are now? So I definitely was doing a lot of research. So I didn't like, I, I was thinking about my interview. Um, I, at the time they didn't mention Facebook ads and such. I was lucky enough to have a young lady that worked with me that was really, oh, she was so hands-on and she really taught me everything. Um, that's one thing that I will say about my job. They were very willing to teach me. So that was something that was great, but I will also do a lot of research and just kind of look behind because I wanted to make sure, I didn't want them thinking like, oh, we have to teach this girl everything. So I did come with a little bit of knowledge, uh, but that was definitely through research. And I mean, I'm, I'm definitely a big person to fake it so you make it as well, because any, I feel like you can learn anything if you literally if you take the time and you have the patience I feel like you can learn anything so I definitely still tell people to do that not something where it really you know not if it's something super serious then I would say you know to not do that but if it's something where for example you have all of the qualifications but maybe one you're lacking on a little bit I'm very much like hey do as much research as possible you can learn on the job and a lot of times people will teach you I do feel like people will teach you um, but it really depends on the situation um, but I just was very lucky to have um, folks around me that were willing to teach me and it really kind of helped out their job because it helped make their job easier so I think that was what really I think that's really why they were willing to help me so much so um yes yeah, so I think I just got lucky honestly I had a good team around me so I did do my research on my own but it was a lot of hands-on a lot of um a lot of my coworkers were very helpful but then let's talk let's talk about like the bad days of that right like when you were like you're faking it until you make it but then like oh shoot do I really know what I'm doing am I really going to be successful at that like how did you feel like when you were down how did you kind of pick yourself back up from that yeah, I mean, there would be some times where I'm like, I really, I'm, I'm in over my head. Like, I don't know <laughs> what to do. And it is, it is stressful. That's um, real. And that's so real. Like, that, yeah. that happens. Yeah, exactly. Because I see a lot of people faking it. And I'm like, okay, you're not even making it. So I need you to, like, get it together. So, I mean, it's hard. Like, I, I definitely, um, I've had a couple of situations. I'm trying to think if there's like a certain situation where I definitely like did not know what I was doing. And I feel like every time I didn't know what I was doing, it took me longer to figure out, but I would still get it done. So I would still figure it out though. But I'm one of those people also, I lean on my, like the people that I know, I will lean on them like, hey, I mean, I'm sure Didi, I've asked you some, I, you know, I've asked you some questions. Like, you know, like, 
hey, well, okay, if someone asks about this, like, what should I say? Like, I'm going to ask if, if I know people that have expertise in something that I don't, and my job is expecting me to know something, I will definitely lean on some of the folks that I know that have an expertise in that. Um, so yeah, so there hasn't been any time where it really just like, where I got in trouble over it, where I, right, I, right. I knew something. Yeah. So I just, but it might take me a little longer, but I'm going to figure it out. Now, and I think the lesson there is never be afraid to ask a question, right? Like yes. I think, you know, when you start these new journeys and new jobs and things like that, like you're not, you don't know it all. You, no one does. So it's like, you've yep. got to be able to just be like, Hey, I got a question to clarify and understand this a bit more. Um, yep. Lexi, let's talk about your day to day. Like, what does that look like? now and has that changed at all in in a, in a kind of COVID world has it changed a lot from last year to now so I was lucky enough to have already I was actually working from home working remotely most of the time so we actually were a part of a um, black owned um we a uh, co-working space here in Atlanta called the gathering spot so we would go in two days a week just to kind of see each other's face and then we would um and literally I think I would be there for maybe four or five hours max. And then three days a week, we were at home. So it was actually the perfect scenario. And that was right before COVID. So when COVID hit, it wasn't a real transition for me at all. Like, honestly, it wasn't a transition. Um, when, but what did happen is I needed to fix my space up. So I got like my walls painted because I needed some like brightness. I needed something going on. I needed just the environment to feel a little better. Um, I don't work at a traditional desk um, because I don't know. I, I feel like I have, I don't know. Being at home, I need something in the background. I need some music. I need a podcast going. I would even listen to Murder, She Wrote episodes in the background. I, <laughs> like, I just need something going on. I cannot just... Like, I see, that, that connected with me. I, all about them, I, I re, sorry to cut you off, but I revisited Murder, She Wrote in COVID. Uh, yes. It's about 12 seasons. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm all in. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> That's honestly what I have been doing, revisiting a lot of shows. And it's not like I'm physically watching them, but I will like listen and like murder mysteries. So I will literally, cause like I'm doing Wonder Years now, the Wonder Years. So I'm going back to the Wonder Years, but I'll just listen to it during the day. I'm one of those people. I need something going on in the background. I cannot just sit in, in an office space with nothing going on. I will go crazy if I do that. So I, so literally, so I get up, I, I mean, I start working at nine o'clock. I may wake up at 8.55. I may come downstairs at 8.55. Um, so I get started throughout the day. And I have a lot of a lot more calls now, of course. You know, now with um, COVID, we have a lot more calls. Um, at the beginning, we were doing everything with, you know, video. And then eventually we kind of slowed down on that. So I'm thankful about that because it, it, it's kind of annoying. When you work from home, even like before when I worked from home, I didn't have to get dressed. You know, you just take a shower and then just go right back to your desk. Um, so now like, you know, at the beginning of COVID, having to be on so many calls and having to be dressed, that was actually a lot for me. Um, but I'm actually happy now that that's kind of gone, gone down. So half the time now, we're, we're not even on video. So, um, so yeah, so the day-to-day, -day, I'm just, you know, I'm working on contracts. And um, surprisingly, in the media space or in my space, I in the digital space, I was thinking that, you know, we took a pay cut at the beginning of COVID. And I was a little bit nervous about that, but we ended up exceeding all of our goals and we got bonuses this year. And I was very surprised because I didn't know what to expect at the beginning. Uh, we did layoffs at the beginning. So I really didn't know what to expect. So um, I'm just happy that I'm still happy that I'm here. And um, I've actually, my job has transitioned over the past year. Also, I got a new boss. 
Um, so the direction of my job has changed, which um, I actually like because I'm able to learn a lot more and learn more of the ins and outs of the business side. So that to me, um, I actually love that. Like she really trusts me a lot and I'm able to able to just learn so much from her. So I appreciate um, you know, both of my, my previous boss and my new boss just for helping me learn different things and really caring about, hey, well, what do you want to do? Even though I never know what I really want to do in life, but you know. <laughs> John and I truly hope that you are enjoying this episode of Black on the Scene, but we're interrupting this episode just to ask a quick favor. Please take a moment to hit the subscribe button, plus leave us a rating after the show. And now back to the episode. Enjoy. You just said something again that's so interesting because I think everyone thinks that you have to have this like two-year plan or five-year plan. And I think what you've just illuminated is you haven't had a plan per se, but the gifts of the serendipity and being able to maybe flow a little bit and learn on the job has presented you with some amazing opportunities. I mean, would you share a little bit more about like the thought process behind that and how you navigate not necessarily having a plan? Because by the way, you're like no joke, like you own your own home. You, I know you have financial goals and things that you, so it's not like you're just floating through life per se with no sort of wherewithal about you. So please just share your thought process about that and maybe systems or resources that you use, like how you figure it all out. I honestly never know when people ask that I honestly I feel like I'm kind of winging it like I, I'm honest um I know so going back to the millennial thing like I'm as an older millennial I feel like I am not I'm one of those I want to pay all of my bills I want to be able to pay my mortgage I don't want any issues I'm not going to do a job that I'm not I mean that you know brings me stress but I doesn't necessarily have to be my passion and so I don't know with this you know I just never have had a plan like at first even with coming out and, you know, getting the job and thinking I was only going to be there for one year. And then it ended up being like 10 years. I didn't, I don't know. I never had a plan. I'm like, okay, well, let me see how this works. And then I end up doing well at it. So then I could just kind of stick with it. Um, again, it's not necessarily like a passion of mine. Um, but it's, it's literally, I do feel like I'm winging it. And I know it sounds kind of bad to say that, but it really is I just want to make sure that my bills are paid, but I also have a, I love that it's like, I work for a black company. So those, there are certain things that I just love about where I'm working, but uh, yeah, I just never, like, I haven't had a plan. And um, now, you know, actually talking to my boss, she's like, you know, I have plans for you to move on up and, you know, to manage a team and to do this. So it does make me feel good being in a space. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just learning new things. And I'm just, as I learn, um, I see what I end up liking and then, uh, you know, I'm able to tell my boss, hey, can I do more of this? Can I do more of that? But it's not one thing. I am all over the place. Even my job, like my job is kind of, you know, as operations, operations is all, all over the place anyway, because it kind of like works with every department. But even just in life, like I have, you know, different contracts on the side. I work with different people, different brands. And I, if you ask me what I did or what I do, I have, I'm always going to have a long answer because I do so much and I can't really hone in on one thing um, because I'm just, I just, I don't know, maybe it's just me being a creative. Like I, I wouldn't want to do the same thing for the rest of my life. And I changed my mind so much that if I did say, Hey, you know, in two years, I want to do this in two years, I probably will not want to do whatever I said two years ago. So you mentioned operations and what all that entails. Can you, you shared a little bit about it, but 
you're touching various facets of the business, be it marketing, digital, legal, just share a little bit more about what that actually means. Absolutely. So I'm just helping with processes. I'm trying to make sure people get paid. Um, I work with the legal team, getting contracts together, um, working with invoices. So if we have, if we hire writers on the side, then I'll work with those writers to make sure that they get paid, make sure they fill out their paperwork correctly. So I'm working with legal and then I end up working with um, our, you know, accounts payable and finance to make sure people can get paid on time and um, just getting approvals. So that's kind of like my day to day, but that also includes, you know, helping out when we have our editorial calendars for the year, compiling everything and also making things look good. So creatively, um, if we have a presentation, I'll put things together, um, just kind of, um, I, so I kind of have to, I'm anything that's going on anytime, any of the um, websites, any of the sites, if we have anything big going on, if there's a cover, for example, Hello Beautiful does covers, then I'm helping with the process of making it happen. So when it comes down to, you know, putting the contracts together for legal, like, you know, putting the information together for legal. Uh, my job is just to make things get done, make sure they're done and make sure um, just to keep everything streamlined. And it's, it's a lot, it's a lot dealing with contracts. And then it's a lot, you know, when you're dealing with people asking for their money and, you know, so it's, it's, I'm like also the middleman when it comes to that. So, but then I also deal with um, partnerships. So partnerships within for our site. So for example, I oversee a partnership with TMZ and BET. So we exchange content. So I oversee that. So I send them content and then I'll get their content and we'll just make sure that we put it, you know, across, across platform, making sure that we're sending each other traffic. So that's something else that I do. Um, let's see what else. Um, I used to work a lot more with the sales team with, with ideation. Um, some of them, they would reach out to me and say, hey, we're trying to do this for a boss or Madame Noir. Do you have any ideas? So I would work with that. And also I've been lucky enough that they will sometimes I end up working as an influencer. So I can also like inject my side hustle as being an influencer. I'm able to inject that into the job. And that's and it's funny and it's ironic because that's kind of how I got the job um, you know, being a blogger. So, um, yeah, I'm able to like, kind of put, put myself into certain positions as well. Um, so with my day to day, it is a little bit of everything. It could be putting together spreadsheets or putting together budgets. So I'm putting together budgets and making sure the teams are staying within their budget, making sure people get paid. You know, I'm just kind of have my hands on a little bit of everything. John and I are fighting over here on the chat about who's going to ask the next question. We literally, I have a question. Revolt is building the largest platform for black creators globally. Become a member of our network at revoltcreators.com. The future is ours to create. No, I have a question. No, I have a question. So I'm, I'm pulling rank because I'm the oldest. Lexi. Again, girl, you've said so much. You've, you've given us a word or two. Talk about this duality between being an influencer, because everybody thinks it's so easy. It's so easy to create content. It's so, you know, talk about this duality of influencer and also corporate person. Go. Yeah. <laughs> school us, girl, school us. So yes, being an influencer is not easy. Like I, there's so many days that I'm like, I want to quit because I can't even, I'm trying to like hit certain numbers and then I just can't. And it's just, it's oversaturated. It's an oversaturated market. Um, just being an influencer in general. And it's hard. It really is hard because you have to keep the content up. Um, then you have all the different platforms that, you know, 
on Instagram, if you're not doing reels, they're not really going to show your content much. So it's, you really have to keep up with the new trends and you have to keep up. And it's a lot because in my corporate world, a lot of people don't even realize that I have a job, you know what? So I can't wait to share this because they're like, people are like, oh, I didn't know that you had a job. And I'm like, well, how do y'all think that I'm paying my mortgage? Like, but I guess they do think it's from being an influencer. And I'm like, well, that's awesome that you guys think this, but now there are some months that it does pay my mortgage. And then there are a lot of months where it's not. So it just really depends. So, um, I get that a lot. So they're, they're going to love to hear this. Um, but yeah, it's, oh, it's just, it's, and it's hard doing both because I do, um, a lot of my influencer friends, the ones that do have jobs as well, corporate jobs, it's hard doing both because being an influencer is a full-time job. If you want to do it for real and really make money off of it and have the content, it kind of has to be full-time who has time to do full face makeup and take videos and pictures all day, unless you're making money off of it. And you really have to have the time to do it. And I know with me and just work and working in a corporate situation, when I'm done at five o'clock, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to put on full face makeup and go do photo shoots and set up tripods and this and that and editing. I don't want to do that. So I find it now with me because I do have a full-time job. It is hard sometimes to pull away and say, okay, I need to take this day to do, to shoot some content. I need to do this there every, every now and then I'll get up and I'll say, Hey, let me shoot like maybe four different. I'll do like batch content and, and take, you know, I'll take a bunch of different outfits somewhere, get a bunch of content done in an hour and I can spread that content out. Um, but it is hard. It's definitely hard, like having a corporate job and um, being an influencer. But it also, for me, ends up helping because I work in this space. It ends up, you know, I'm able to kind of, I can also like bring brands, like there's some brands, for example, and I used to love it when my old boss would say like, oh, we had a, um, you know, we had a meeting with the Cantu team or this team and they, they brought you up. And so I love that when they're having these meetings with these folks that are, you know, spending hundred thousand dollars that they're bringing me up. So I, I, and I just think it's cool that, you know, Hey, I know both sides. I know people on this side and that side. What are some of your best practices that you feel like makes you just get stuff done, right? Because you are a blogger, you are an influencer, you have a day job, you get your home you have other things going on in your life. So like, what kind of, what do you use to kind of keep you organized or what are some of your best practices to keep you organized? So I have, so I have a dry erase board at home that I use all the time. So my dry erase, like old school dry erase board. And I update it all the time. I'll have to manually put on there, like, Hey, take pictures of this, take pictures of that. I also use my notes, um, just the notes in, um, on your iPhone. That's another thing that helps me out. I'll say, okay, Hey, like, for example, yesterday I had some ideas for some reels. I popped up a note, added reels. And then I said, here are some real ideas. These are some ideas that I want to do for reels, for Instagram. Um, I am very big on using apps to help. So there, um, there's also an app called Summit that I like that I found out from another blogger. Summit helps me keep everything aligned. I have it alert me at five o'clock every day, 5 p.m. Hey, let's start your day tomorrow. What do you have to do tomorrow? So I'll put notes in there. I will put, you know, things on the calendar. It syncs with my calendar. I am very big on using my phone for everything, but also I need that dry erase board because I need to be able to look at it throughout the day um, just to make sure, just to keep me, to keep me on point, um, even from when it comes down to events, even when it comes down to, okay, I'm going to this event this day, 
I need to plan an outfit for that because I need some content out of this. So I'm literally planning every little detail. So I do try to stick to a schedule, but because of my corporate, some corporate life, sometimes I'm like, ah, like, let me skip this week. So I, I do like every now and then I'm like, okay, no, I have to stick to this. So I just, I mean, I use a couple of apps that kind of help me out throughout the- And, um, and Didi is writing these apps down and we're going to be using these ASAP yes. because we've been trying to juggle it all together, which has been very interesting. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and I just want to also share that, I mean, you said the Summit app and I definitely would love to get some of your resources. So when you get a chance, you can text them to me or email us um, additional resources and we will add them in the show notes. But the other thing to for people to recognize as well is, you know, you also have to, because I think you're like, you know, conscientious about your health. There's the working out and what you're eating and people, and I don't take this for granted. This is why my nails look the way they do, girl. And look at your nails. They're <laughs> always beat. Like, so this is, you prioritize some things and some things you're just like, okay, that's not going to get done this week. So just if you could share just whatever you can about priorities and, and maybe it's, I don't want to lead, lead the witness here, but maybe it's like, instead of you, is there some things that you just will not compromise on? Maybe that's your walk at the end of the day. Like, how do you prioritize the self-care or the mental breaks that you need? So yes, I prioritize therapy every two weeks, even when the pandemic started, don't tell anybody, but I was still going into her office. I was still going into the office. Um, I did do virtual for a little bit. I did not like virtual at all. I did not like virtual. I just, there was no that I needed that real engagement. I need, even though like now I'm looking in your eyes, I need it in person. Like I need it in person. So that's one thing that I have not skipped throughout. I mean, period. Even through the pandemic, I still was there. I'm still there every two weeks. So therapy is something very big to me, very important to me. Um, and I feel like, and the reason why I say that is because I feel like if I take too long of a break, I think that that wouldn't be good. So even though everything, you know, I'm not in a situation, it's just regular, just talking just about life in general, but I don't want to take breaks because I feel like if I take a break too long, then I might, you know, get into a funk or something, especially because of the pandemic. So, um, so that's something that I don't, you know, I do not break from that nails. I do like personal, like, you know, the, the grooming, um, that actually came from a mentor of mine who works in the music, in the music industry. Um, well, I call him a mentor, but he would hate that I say that, but he is very big on like, you know, you have to have your nails together. You're outside. You need to wear heels. He's one of those. And he's the one that actually got me into getting my nails done. And now every three weeks I am there. Like, I don't play about my nail appointment. And I noticed just little things like people do treat you differently when you're like your nails are done your hair is done you have a nice bag on especially in the entertainment space um people treat you differently they do if you have a chanel bag or a yso bag i know it sounds kind of crazy but people do they treat you differently and that's but i think especially in this space uh, with the nails and everything and i've noticed a difference and so i think because of that i've kept up with it i've kept up with those like because i was one of those girls that i would just be super comfortable and not really care about my appearance and I feel like since I really started taking more effort that people treat me differently, um, my confidence is different, which I think carries over to work and everything. So, um, so yeah, so, them, so those are some of the things that I don't, you know, I will not change um, the nails and the therapy. So 
We want to give anyone listening who may be interested in embarking on a creative endeavor and their corporate job to do as much as you do. And I think you've really shared that priority um, prioritizing is really important and that's the way you get things done. There's a level of organization. Is there anything else that you would share in terms of mindset, resources, anything else that you haven't shared with us that would help put maybe the new, the, the younger Lexi Felder on the map as a content creator, influencer, and also boss business lady? Yes. So I would say to outsource. One thing that I was afraid of doing earlier on is to outsource. And so like now I have clients on the side and it's getting to the point where, Hey, I need to hire somebody to help me because this is becoming overwhelming. So the first thing I guess would be to not overwhelm yourself, to make sure that you're in a situation where you can, everything that you say you're going to do that you're taking on, make sure that you can actually perform the duties with your corporate job. Because I know a lot of people that have their corporate jobs and then they have clients on the side, but just making sure that you truly can multitask. Um, but, and if it gets too hard, don't be afraid to let one of those clients go. Don't be afraid to do that. Um, and don't be afraid to outsource. If you know you need a little help because things are getting busy or even if they're asking you to do something that you may not be fully aware. So even going back to the fake it till you make it like, Hey, if I need to hire somebody on the side for this, then, you know, to, to make it work out, then I can do that as well. So I think the main thing is um, just to make sure that it's something that you can truly handle and not taking on too much, not taking on too many projects um, because I am, because I'm such a creative, like I have my hands in so many different businesses and even like my clients are in total, like I have from music industry to beauty industry. So um, they're not even aligned at all. So, you know, just trying to multitasking for me has been the hardest. It has been truly hard. I will say that. So I actually use my apps for that as well. Um, hey, check on this job, check on that. So I have my, I definitely have my, I use my apps for that as well. So I have um, different alarms set throughout the day. So it's, it's a lot, but um, if you can do it, you know, just definitely, um, yeah, just get your, your multitasking skills up and just make sure you prioritize. Like my thing is I'm prioritizing my, my main job. Like my, this is the job that gives me benefits that pays my bills. I am not going to give that up for clients unless I got to the point where I was making enough money and consistent. But going back to, you know, I always say this, I just with the millennial thing, I cannot, I don't think I would ever give up my full-time permanent job for a contract that, you know, what if it only lasts a year? So that scares me. So I'm one of those people that, hey, I need to know for a fact that I'm getting this check every two weeks or the 15th and the 30th of the month. I don't like the idea of having to figure out, okay, well, what if this contract ends? I need another client. I need to do this. And that scares me. So my job is priority, period. Priority. Priority, priority, priority. I love that. I think that's, that's, that's such a good notion to have because I think, you know, a lot of young people that, I, that I've been talking to lately, they, they want to have their hands in everything and they want they want to milk everything out of it. And it's like, that's fine. But like, what is that? Like, what is that priority for you? Like, what is that one thing that you really want to do? And you can kind of create extensions of that. Right. So I, I really feel like dropping that is very important. That nugget is very important. Lexi, like you, you, you are the queen boss of Atlanta. Like, I just <laughs> I, I love your story. I love your 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 whole this vibe and like let our viewers know like any upcoming projects anything upcoming to look forward to 
obviously drop your social channels again, but is there anything else you want to just make sure you're dropping um, for your blog or anything else that our listeners should just be aware of? So yeah, so everyone can follow me at Lexi with the Curls on Instagram. Um, I'm going to have a lot of travels coming up. So I kind of, you know, since starting in the beauty space, I've kind of transitioned so much on my Instagram. Um, so I am looking forward to that. I've actually been, oh, you know, I didn't talk about this, but I've been casting some shows on the side, which has been very interesting. And one was for a pretty major Bravo show. So um, I, yeah, just, I think- um, Can you cast Dee and I on a show? We can, I, we can be some personalities. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Like, I, and I, actually it's interesting because I literally just got back into it um, this year since the pandemic. And I like that, and I didn't mention it, but that's something I got back into on the side. And I, so I'm, I'm feeling like people should, like, I want to tell people to look out for me casting some, some other shows coming up. So I'm excited about that. Um, I feel like that's a great, you know, I, I, it brought my love back for casting in general. Um, but yes, I like to see my name on TV. Like I, I, I used to love that. I used to love that back in the day when my, when I see my name on the credits. Um, so I would say definitely look out for, um, uh, some awesome shows that I have been working on. Um, and let's see what else is coming up. Um, yeah, just, I'm preparing for more content. Like I really am. I'm trying to be better about it. Um, trying to expand my content and really, um, take it to the next level and as a as when I say older influencer I'm saying older as in I started at the beginning of this whole influencer life um it I have seen that it is really tough to stay consistent and, and it's tough to grow I feel like it's so much easier for the younger the younger generation when they start they can get 10,000 followers in a couple of months like that but I do feel like it's harder when you when you're established already trying to get new people because literally the people that follow me are the people that have been following me for years so you know trying to get that trying to figure out where I where I kind of can land so um so yeah so definitely I think that was one of the things that I wanted to tell people like if you want to be an influencer you have to really put in put in the work but to also make sure you prioritize your career because being an influencer to make a full-time living off of it, it is a lot of work and it's not going to happen for everybody. So don't not be able to pay your bills trying to be an influencer, taking pictures all day. <laughs> Lexi, we could go on and on. There has to be a part two to this. I have so many more questions. John and I, you should see our chat. What about this? We should ask that. <laughs> This has been so amazing and you have inspired us in more ways than we could possibly share with you. Um, as we wrap, we have one question that we always end with, and that is our whole goal here is to talk about how representation matters and what has Black entertainment done to illuminate representation or how you see yourself? Please share with us what your love letter to Black entertainment or content creation, anything that you want to share means to you, who you want to shout out, the first time you saw yourself maybe on screen, on Instagram, what have you. We want to hear it. We want you to, we want to share your inspiration so that others can also be inspired. Absolutely. So I will say there is a moment that I thought about when I visited um, BET. So I went to DC and we went, me and my friend or my friends and I, we went on uh, Teen Summit 
And back in the day, like when Ananda was there, and it, that was the moment where I realized like, yo, I could really work in the television space and just seeing all the black faces behind the cameras for a show. This is literally, I'm in high school. I feel like maybe, I don't know, maybe my sophomore year of high school, it was that moment just seeing all of these black faces working behind the scenes and putting together this TV show that I love so much. And then the content that was on the show, they were talking about mental health and sex and everything. Like they really talked about so much. And it was like, it was that moment, like seeing black faces and BET in general, like I'll be honest, BET in general, um, just, you know, showcasing black stories. That was just, that was something that I just followed. And I said, okay, like I could really do this. I could really do this. And it was, it was moments like that, seeing black faces there that said, okay, like, this is what I should do. I need to go to Atlanta where all the black faces are and really try to get a job at one of these networks. And so it actually, I mean, it literally came full circle because now I work for TV one and, you know, just working for a black network, still black owned, you know, and yeah, it's just awesome. So that's, that's one of the, that was the first thing that pops up in my mind when you said that, like just thinking of the moment um, just in the black space. Thank you. We love you. We can't wait to talk to you again. Yes. Keep shining with all of your amazing content, your one pieces, your nails, girl, I'm going to set up this three week, every three week appointment when we get off this, uh, when we get off this soon. <laughs> Woo! Uh, thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Thank Bye, you. Bye, Lexi. Bye, thank you so much. This was a great episode and I had so many great takeaways that included how to pivot, leveling up and meeting people where they are in all scenarios. Lexi Felder is a true boss that shows us how faking it till you make it and asking for help is actually okay. John, I loved her journey from casting to being one of the first natural hair care bloggers to her career in operations at I1 and her non-negotiable grooming sleigh. Thank you so much to Lexi Felder for joining us today. Please remember to subscribe, leave us a rating and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Black on the Scene, BLK on the S-C-E-N-E.